I think that's a beautiful thing that we can do as a church. To just pause for a moment and to remember and to reflect on what God has done and what Jesus did for us. Well, today is Mother's Day. And I know that some of you are expecting a big Mother's Day sermon. And I think I've got one. But the good news with this incredible Mother's Day sermon is it's applicable to all of us. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. We want to open, I would ask you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. And in this passage, you find this incredible, um, Maria, can you just put these lids back? Before I step on those lids. Uh, in, in this uh, passage, you find this incredible parable of, um, you know, this parable of the wise and the foolish man. And now I need to give just a little bit of context to them. Because Jesus has been preaching on what's called the Sermon on the Mount since chapter 5. He started off in chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. And and we read there at the beginning of the chapter, this large crowd of people come gathering around him. And so he goes up on this mountainside, he sits down, and he begins to teach these people. And he's been teaching them all kinds of things. He he gave them the Beatitudes. He talked about being salt and light. He, he, He gave these instructions and these beautiful examples. He's talked to them about hot topics like divorce and tithing, storing up on earth here for ourselves, and and he's talked about giving to the needy. He's taught his disciples how to pray. And so he's been going through this sermon, and he's been giving all kinds of different lessons and teachings. And in verse chapter 7, he he talks about this reality. He says that not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, Jesus is like, there isn't some code name out there that just because you say something or just because you believe something doesn't make you someone who's going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus says, just because you say, Lord, Lord, does not mean that automatically you are going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he concludes this sermon, this incredible sermon, with this parable. So having just warned those listeners and saying, just because you say, Lord, Lord, does not mean that you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then he says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Two people in this parable, two people who have heard the same sermon. Now we know that this is a parable, it's a story But in a sense, Jesus is saying there's these two individuals, there's these two people who have heard the same sermon, who have sat among us, who have listened to everything I've said, and yet they are going to respond in two very, very different ways. Now, we don't know much about these builders. We don't know what kind of illustration or what kind of thoughts Jesus had in mind about these builders. But we do know this, that Jesus calls one of them a wise builder and one of them a foolish builder. 
Now, most of the time when we talk about wisdom or when we talk about someone being wise or someone being foolish, we're referring to their knowledge. So someone who knows a lot is often seen as wise, and someone who doesn't know a lot is is sometimes seen as foolish. And, And so Jesus here is flipping that upside down and saying, it's not based on what you know. You're not wise and you're not foolish based on what you know. You are wise or foolish based on how you will respond to what you know. We don't know if one of these men had more experience than the other. We don't know if one had more resources. We don't know if one had a better education. All we know is what they did. Now, what they did then also tells us, though, a lot about their character. What kind of person and how they were listening and how they were receiving information. So one of them, obviously, was more committed He was willing to stick around. He's willing to put the plow in. He was willing to, you know, build something that was going to last. And so as he listened, as he received, he's thinking about how can I fully commit to what I'm hearing? One builder is leaving, working towards leaving a legacy, while the other one is building for temporary memory. One wants to leave a a legacy, and the other one wants to leave a temporary memory. One did what he knew, and the other one just coasted through life. One was willing to do something with what he knew, and the other one just, well, I'll just kind of go through life, and I'll just, you know, I'll not really put this to practice that I've heard. One builder is building for the worst of times, and the other builder is only building for the best of times. One is willing to say that I'm going to take the message, I'm going to listen, I'm going to receive in preparation for the worst of times in life. The other one is listening only to hear what he likes and hear what he wants to hear because he's only thinking about the best of times in life. Here is something that is true for every single one of us. Whether you're a Christian or not, Whether you've given your life to Jesus or not, this applies to you. And it's this little principle that I want to kind of build off of today. You will be measured on how you did what you do. You will be measured on how you did what you do. This is true for every single area of your life. This is true for every single person in this room. You will be measured by how you did what you do. Let me explain that to you. If you're a student and your teacher, your professor gives you an assignment, you will not be graded just on whether you did the assignment. You will be graded on how you did the assignment. So if you bring in the assignment and you can tell that, well, this person maybe spent a few seconds on this, And then over here you have another person who spent significant time and put their heart and soul into it. Those teachers, those professors are going to grade your project not based on whether you did it, but they're going to grade it based on how you did it. If you play sports, let's pick on basketball. So you're a basketball player. You want to play basketball and your team, you know, you make the team and your coach puts you out there on the court. 
And you're out there playing basketball, but you're not shooting any, you know, you're not getting any goals and you're not playing defense, but you're out there, you're playing basketball. Your coach is not going to pull you aside later on and say, hey, at least you were playing the right sport. At least you weren't out there playing volleyball. How you play will determine on whether you're on the court or whether you're on the bench. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. If you're an employee, your raise or your promotion will depend not on whether you show up at work, but on how you spend your time at work. So in every area of our life, we will be measured by how we do, by how we did what we do. And Jesus is now wrapping up this sermon and he's, he's asking and he's warning this people, he's warning the listeners and he's warning you and I, how will you respond to his teaching? How are you going to respond? What are you going to do with what you've heard? <coughs> Excuse me. The question that we are asked, that we are forced to ask ourselves today is this, how are we responding to what Jesus has called us to do. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says this, therefore everyone who has heard these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Those four words, put them into practice, are key in determining how we will live. You see, here's another truth for all of us that's that doesn't matter where you are in your life. Every single one of us, this applies to us, we all know more than we do. Every one of us in this room right now knows more than what we actually do. And the challenge and the warning that Jesus is giving here to all his hearers is, what will you do with what you know? We all know that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. But that doesn't mean that we will automatically go do it. We all know that we are to give to the needy. But that knowledge on its own is not necessarily going to motivate us to go meet the needs of those who need it. We all know that we are to be honest. Honest employees, honest employers, honest students. However, many times people are dishonest. Just knowing alone is not enough. Verse 26, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So here's a person who heard the exact same thing, but does absolutely nothing with it. Jesus is now saying, that's foolishness. When you know something and you don't do anything with it, that is foolishness. And as a result, when you do not put into practice the things that you know to do, you are building a very weak foundation. You and I, in life, we will be measured by how we did what we do. Now today is Mother's Day. And I know you're looking up at me going, man, that clearly is a Mother's Day guru up there. He must have all kinds of incredible wisdom for us mothers, and so we will now just pay full attention, because clearly this man knows what he's talking about when he's talking about Mother's Day, because, well, sorry, I'm not. 
I know you're shocked. That joke just fell flat. Other service found me somewhat funny, but anyway. Yeah, I know I'm trying. The only thing I can say about Mother's Day is I get to watch the most amazing mother every single day with her kids. And so having watched what my wife Maria does with the kids, through that I kind of have built a bit of a working thing that I want to present here today for us. I want to remind us, remind the mothers in this room, but this goes way beyond just mothers. This goes, <clears throat> this goes to all of us. That you and I need to remember the incredible opportunity, opportunity that we have to influence the next generation. That you and I have been given an opportunity to influence the next generation. Andy Stanley said it well. He said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. Our greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something we do, but it may be something that our children do. Because none of us know what God's plan is for our children. And so we need to pour into our children and we need to teach our children, but we need to do more than just give them information. We need to teach them how to put into practice the things that they know. So how we, as parents, how can we as parents build a firm foundation for our children? How we parent our children must give them a firm foundation to build on. We need to go beyond just giving our kids knowledge. We need to inspire and we need to encourage them to put into practice the things that they know. So here are just some ways that maybe we can do that. Number one, don't rush through conversations. Don't rush through conversations. Allow for time for questions for open dialogue. A couple days ago, I, we, I was with my kids and we sat down together and I said, what is a mother? You know, Mother's Day is coming up. What is a mother? And one of our kids said right away, well, a mother is the best person in the world. Brownie points. <laughs> lady. Sorry, I wonder who said it. <laughs> best lady in the world. My bad. Sorry, but I won't use your name. And so that's one answer. Okay? That was one answer. As someone else said, well, anybody who's given birth. So we raised the question, well, really? And then one of our kids, the oldest, not going to say his name, he said, well, that doesn't quite work because Isn't that what people who have abortions believe? That they're only humans once they're born. So suddenly we went from the question of what is a mother to a conversation about the value of life. If you're looking at me now, man, that man must know how to have conversation with the kids all... No, not at all. I got lucky on that one and I can use it because I have a microphone. But I want to challenge us as parents to take time for conversation. Don't rush through conversation. A question you may ask is, do you understand what that means? Do you know what to do with what I just taught you? 
Don't rush through conversations. Another one that's very similar to this is be willing to spend time together. And you don't need to always be in dialogue, but be willing to spend time together even if it feels like nothing is being accomplished. Because what we want to do ultimately is with spending time and by having open conversation, we want to teach our children not only information, but we want to teach them to put into practice that information. We want to show them and we want to engage them in such a way that they will put into practice the information that we're giving them. Because Jesus says, you are wise if you put into practice what you've heard. Another big one is do more than just teach. So do more than just teach. Set an example. So as a parent and as mothers, we need to do more than just hand information over. We need to allow our children to see in our lives how this information is put into practice. So when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, how will I put that into practice? How will I talk about people that I've maybe had disagreement with? How am I going to respond to a person who's slowing me down on the highway? Because it will be difficult for us to teach our children, put into practice loving your enemy, if we ourselves are not doing it. So let's put into practice so that by our kids watching us, they can see how we are putting into practice the teachings of Jesus. And the last one, which I think is just so vitally important, is make sure to have dinner time as a family. Statistics are saying that the average family has two minutes of healthy time together a day. That the average family only spends, thank you, the average family only spends about two minutes a day in healthy conversation. Now what am I saying with this? And, and I obviously have no right to make you do this. But I think what we want to do as a family is we want to set some time aside and say, this is going to be time where we will spend together as a family. We value our family enough that we're not going to sacrifice family time. We're not going to sacrifice dinner time. Now, if you've called our house during dinner, you will probably have experienced this. We don't answer the phone during dinner time. And I know that's rubbed some of you the wrong way because what you had to say was really important. And so people call the house, and when we don't answer there, they'll call the cell, and when we don't answer that, they'll text the cell, and it's like, ah. Now, if you leave a message, we'll get back to you. But we value our family time. And we'll get back to you. But I want to challenge all of us in the room today. What can you do to set a time aside as a family to say, we will spend this time together in order to build the relationship that we have as a family? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 to 9, we get this beautiful example of how family is to spend time together. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. The first thing we are to do as a family is we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments are to be upon our hearts 
every single day. And then he says in verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Impress them on your children. Teach these things to your children. We are to constantly talk to our children about these things. Families need to have spiritual conversations regularly. One commentary said, God's revelation should be so central to a godly family that they should naturally talk about Him while they perform other activities. We as a family, you as a family, you need to talk about God in in so much in everyday life that it just becomes a natural thing that you do while you're doing other activities. See, here's something I think that happens sometimes. We set time aside and we say, we're going to have family devotions. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with family devotions, but we're going to have family devotions. And that becomes the time when we talk about Jesus. And if your family devotions are like ours are sometimes, all you spend time, all, the time you spend as a family is often just yelling at each other to be quiet so you can read the Bible. You know, sit down, listen, you know, stop bugging your brother and you know, stop poking me and come on, sit down, be quiet. And okay, in the midst of that, you're trying to have devotions. But I think what we've done sometimes, we've said the only time we will talk about spiritual things as a family is when we're having devotions. And the challenge here is to say, no, you're having family devotions all the time. You will always talk to your children about the things of Christ. Verse 8, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on, the, or your, on your gates. Later on in time, the Jews, they interpret these instructions as a way of doing it physically. And so they would literally tie scripture onto their arms and they would tie these boxes onto their foreheads and they would put these things on their doorposts and they would put scripture on there as a physical way of showing that this word of God is present with us everywhere we are. I think the teaching here is that the word of God should be near to our minds. The word of God needs to be near to our hands and what we do all the time in life. Our children need us as parents to do more than just give them knowledge. Our children need us to also show them and to teach them how to put into practice the things that Jesus has taught. I think it's a beautiful example that Jesus says, this is how you are wise and this is how you are foolish. You are wise if you put into practice the things that you have heard. And I trust that it's a challenge for every single one of us here today to not only receive more information, to not only sit through another Bible study or sit through another sermon and get more information, but that we would actually say, now how do we go and put this into practice in our lives? That is how we build a firm foundation. This man by the name of Bob Goff, Yes, that's how you say his name. I wish I had a name like that. It's way cooler than mine. Bob Goff. I heard him speak one time and he said that they had this group of men that got together every morning and they would have Bible study. 
And he said we would open the, the Bible up and we would read a passage and we would study the passage. And he said, and one day, he said, we realized we know pretty much everything there is in the Bible. He says, we're older men. This guy's, you know, in his senior years. And he says, we pretty much know everything that's in the Bible. Now, obviously, he's exaggerating. But he said they decided as a group of men to change their Bible study. And he says, we no longer have Bible study anymore. We now have what we call Bible doing. And he said what they will do is they will come together, they will read a passage, and then they'll say, okay, let's go do it. Now clearly you want to be careful and not read a passage in Deuteronomy somewhere, because that may get you in trouble with the law. But to take a passage in the New Testament and to read what Jesus told us to do, and then they, then they go out and they do it. What would happen to you as a family? If you would take the teaching of Jesus and look at your kids and say, Hey, you know that we're supposed to love our neighbors, right? Yeah? Let's go do it. Let's go do it. You know that we're supposed to give to the needy, right? And I guarantee you, your kids are going to look at you and say, Yeah, I know that. Because we all know more than we do. If we would now look at our kids and say, hey, let's go do it. We know that we're supposed to do this, and we know that we're supposed to do this, and we as a family would all look at each other and say, yeah, we know that information. Let's go put it into practice. Let's take the things that Jesus has taught us, let's take the things that we learn from Scripture, and let's do more than be foolish with them and never put them into practice. Because if we never put into practice the teachings of Jesus, we are building a weak foundation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this parable, and I thank you, God, for this teaching. And Lord, this is so much more than just for moms. This is for all of us. Father, I pray that every single person in this room right now would examine themselves to see whether they are doing even close to all that they know they are to do. Father, you have taught us so much, and you continue to reveal yourself to us more and more. And I pray, Lord, that we would be more than just people who have heard, who have received. I pray, Lord, that we would be people who put into practice what we know to do. May we as parents instill this on our children so that they too will do more than just receive information, but that they will put into practice the things that you have taught us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.